For those of you listening to us on the internet, to the men and women in our armed forces, wherever you may be, to our members and guests here at beautiful Savior Lutheran in Milwaukee, grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God upon which we base our message this morning is actually a blending of two uh, sections of Scripture this morning, the, the first reading and the gospel for this morning. First of all, from the first reading, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul asked him, who are you, sir? The person replied, I'm Jesus, the one you're persecuting. From the gospel, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter answered him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus told him, take care of my sheep. In the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us and rose again, that we might live forever, my beloved. The sermon this morning is all about calling. You know, the true art of calling is something that's becoming sort of a remnant of the past now that we have cell phones, iPhones, and all the other trinkets. But actually, years ago, people actually used their voices to call somebody. I do believe that if you go to the state fair, they still have the hog calling contest. And I'm not going to try to replicate that sound from the uh, pulpit this morning. But it it does recall uh, to my mind, when I was pastor at a church on the south side of Milwaukee, we had 10 acres of property, wooded uh, areas, and uh, we used it for the outdoor worship service uh, once a year and a church picnic and the men played horseshoe and dunking tank and all that stuff. And as part of it, we had a husband calling contest. And I don't remember the whole lot about it with the exception of that it was kind of loud. And one lady, when she called on one end of the property to her husband, he was playing over uh, uh, horseshoe. He actually snapped his head and turned around. He heard his wife's voice. Grew up in a neighborhood in the inner city of Milwaukee. As a kid, um, the parents had all sorts of different uh, sound devices to uh, call their kids in. As I remember, um, some people just used their voice, and then some people had whistles, and then there were bells, and there was even a trumpet. But then there was always the infamous call-in sign, and that was when the streetlights came on. And I remember my aunt and uncle's lake cottage, and uh, they always had this big, huge bell outside the uh, front door of the cottage. And when it's time for the fishermen to come in, they'd pull that clang uh, on that bell, and you could hear it uh, out uh, over the whole lake. One common denominator of all of those calls is that the call says, It's time to change your location and your activity. Streetlights go on, whistle sounds, trumpet blows. It means get off of the streets playing. It's time to come in, wash up, say your prayers, and go to bed. Bell goes off on the lake. It's a sound fisherman, change your location, time to come in, clean the fish, wash your hands, it's time for supper. Time to change your location and your activity. It's exactly what our Lord Jesus Christ did both in the lives of Saul, who became Paul, 
and Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. He miraculously called them to change their location and their activity. Now, just exactly what was Paul doing in our reading for this morning? Uh, well, what he was doing, he was on a trip of 150 miles from Jerusalem up to Damascus, and he was going up there to try to arrest Christians, trying to round them up, put them in prison, perhaps execute them. St. Luke uh, tells us in the book of Acts. But the council members shouted and refused to listen. Then they rushed at Stephen with one purpose in mind. After they had thrown him out of the city, they began to stone him to death. The witnesses left their coats with a young man named Saul. Devout men buried Stephen after he was stoned, and they mourned loudly for him. Saul tried to destroy the church. He dragged men and women out of one home after the other and threw them into prison. Paul, on his way to Damascus, all of a sudden a light flashed from heaven. Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, sir? It was Jesus. He said, I'm the one that you're persecuting. You see, Paul did not want the message of a risen Christ proclaimed. He thought that that was ruining the rules and the traditions of the church. And so God had to change his location and his activity, so he pulled him off the road from Damascus. He caused him to stop persecuting and to start proclaiming the name of Jesus Christ. And boy, I tell you, did that baffle all the people. His friends, the persecutors, I mean, they lost a friend, and they said, what was going on here? And the Jewish Christians, uh, they were baffled, and they were afraid of him, and they, but they got a friend, a proclaimer of the message of Jesus Christ. And eventually... God was going to take St. Paul from his hometown and take him way out to Turkey and, and uh, Greece. And then there was Peter. Remember the one who, dis who denied uh, Jesus three times? And here they were facing the risen Lord on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. He called the disciples in from fishing. You know what he was actually telling the disciples and Jesus? You're coming back here. You, you think you're going back to your regular job of fishing? Oh, no. That's all over with. No more fishing. That's done for good. You're going to be fishers of men instead. And so he said to, to Peter specifically, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, and follow me. Change your location and your activity. And so it was that the risen and exalted Jesus Christ called Saul, became Paul, and Peter to change their location and their activity. So what in the world does it have to do for you and me in 2016? God miraculously called you too. And he changed your location and your activity too. Because, Scripture tells us, you were born an enemy of God. I mean, it's hard for us to believe, isn't it? Now my grandson is going on, what is it, the eight weeks? And we get all these pictures and he's so cute and wonderful. He was born an enemy of God. God, not by whistles and not by bells or trumpets, relocated you from the dark world of addiction to sin to the brightness of the freedom of God's kingdom as his own dear child. A, a transformation and a change that was completely impossible on your own. And we know, too, that God called Saul directly from heaven. And he called Peter face to face. God called all of us indirectly 
indirectly, either through our baptism after our birth or by the gospel of Jesus Christ later on in life. Yet, no less miraculously, he changed your spiritual location and your activity from serving sin to carrying his name. Your vocation now in life, instead of a child of the devil, is a child of God. And he asks you to carry or to bear his name. You know, sometimes our activity in God's kingdom is sort of passive. We follow Jesus by listening his word, to his word. But sometimes our activity in his kingdom is very active, carrying his name. Just like he told uh, St. Paul, I want you to bring my name or carry my name to the nations, to other people. Well, what does it mean actually to carry God's name? Maybe some of you remember in the Old Testament, when God created his first house of worship, that portable tabernacle, that they, he also created a big golden box. And the priests always had to carry that from one location to the next. It was called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ten Commandments were in there. Aaron's rod was in there. A little jar of manna was in there. And wherever they go, they had to carry that golden box because God, God said, that's where I am present. In fact, a cloud always hung over that box wherever they stopped. That was indicating that was God's presence. And in fact, every time they carried that box to the next place, God says, you're carrying my name. Just exactly what is the name of God? And what does God want us to do with it? Dr. Martin Luther says this in his uh, catechism. How is God's name kept holy? God's name is kept holy when the word of God is taught in its truth and purity, and we as the children of God also lead holy lives according to it. Help us to do this, dear Father in heaven. But anyone who teaches or lives contrary to God's word profanes the name of God among us. Protect us from this, Heavenly Father. You see, wherever we go, whatever we do, we as Christians, children of God, carry God's name by what we say and by what we do. And either you build up God's reputation or you tear it down. We have to be very careful as representatives of Jesus Christ because if we go around living lives that are not Christians, people are going to say, if that's how Christians live, I don't want any part of it. On the other hand, if they see by your Christian life, they might say, you know, if that's what Christianity is all about, I want to become a part of that too. And it's a big responsibility for children of God who had their location and their activity changed to carry God's name into the world. Maybe you're saying this morning, I don't know if I can do that. I'm just an ordinary person. You know, God has always called ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Noah, Abraham, Moses, Elijah, Jonah, Peter, Paul, to carry his name. But may, maybe you're saying, wait a second, Pastor, wait a second. Uh, I can't measure up to that kind of company. Listen once again to the names of those people who were called. Noah, who got drunk after the flood. First thing he comes out of the ark, makes a crop of grapes and gets drunk. Abraham, the liar and the doubter. Moses, the murderer, Elijah, the coward, Jonah, the unwilling missionary, Peter, the denier, Paul, the persecutor. You see, the exalted Christ takes sinners, 
He calls them into his kingdom and then he uses them to carry his name or his presence to others to build up his reputation. And did you ever ask yourself the question, yeah, but why did God call me? God could have done it all by himself. Why did he chose you to be his child and his missionary? Simply the only answer is by his grace and by his love. He chose to use his redeemed creatures, once rescued, to be rescuers of others, to bring them to the ultimate rescuer, Jesus Christ. Why did he give us that responsibility? Scripture simply says this. God saved us and called us to be holy, not because of what we had done, but because of his own plan and kindness. God gives us the opportunity to show our thanks to him for rescuing us by getting the message out to rescue others. You're all that he has. If we don't do it, it won't get done. It's simple as that. And so we say this morning, Lord, forgive us for our lack of prayers for our missionaries. Forgive us for our lack of sacrificial offerings. Lord, forgive us for our lack of personal witness and testimony when the opportunities present themselves. Lord, forgive us for our, our lack of attention to your life-giving word that is the only way that increases our understanding of your holy name. What a privilege to be miraculously called by the exalted Savior to carry his name. Now, God is not calling you to go to all the places of Peter and Paul, to Caesarea and Joppa and Ephesus and Corinth. I mean, we're not able to travel all around the world, although we do send missionaries. But God is asking you to be his name bearer and his representative in your own little part of the world with nieces and nephews and spouses and grandchildren and brothers and sisters and, and next-door neighbors to help them in some way or another have regular contact with the saving message of Jesus Christ. The wonderful message, which is as simple as, as the great exchange. Jesus gives us his holiness and he takes us our sinfulness on him. And that's how you get forgiven. And that's how you get holy. As simple as that. So we want to follow in the footsteps of Noah and Abraham and Peter and Paul and Moses and Elijah and Jonah. Sinners called by the exalted Christ to bear his name. To bear his name, to build up his reputation wherever you go. To bring his presence into the lives of others. Like Peter and Paul, what a privilege and opportunity to say thank you to Jesus for rescuing us. What a privilege that the exalted Christ called you and changed your location and your activity. You are a chosen people, St. Peter says, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people who belong to God. You were chosen to tell about the excellent qualities of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Please stand.
The peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen. We confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We take this time to gather our tithes and our offerings and our connection cards. <laughs> 